Got one one of my American favourites. So Fat Tire is this is a classic one of my all time favourite American beers that you yeah. don't find over here. Yeah. New Belgium are they've been going for like twenty five years. Yeah. But they are fiercely independent and don't want to sell out to anyone, which means it's hard to find their stuff on right. our shores. Interesting. Uh, but it's like multi biscuity amber ale. This is I Might Be Wrong, a podcast hosted by myself, Rich Newham, and my co-host, Mr. Henry Salmon. Welcome back. Uh, We are here on episode number five already. And yeah, we're going to do something a little bit different, having talked a bit more Indian rock over the first few episodes. Yeah, and I think... You're going to break the mold for us, Rich. You're going to um, you're going to talk about a left field album. Is yes, that right? That is correct. So I I have quite a lot of love for good electronic music. One of probably two or three artists that really broke that for me was Left Field. And when when did you start getting into Left Field? Was this like at school or was this? Yeah, so just about. So left field for me. So I'm going to talk about leftism because it is it is just an absolute piece of brilliance. Um, <laughs> but but that's not actually the album that I got into left field on. Um, I actually got into them through Rhythm and Stealth, and specifically the track Swords on Rhythm and Stealth, okay. which was yeah, yeah. it's the dum 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 track. One. It's the Guinness. Yeah, the Guinness waves horses. Um, advert that we all saw it's incredible. a lot in 1999. And that was, I mean, at, at the time, that was the kind of the most, it was the most expensive advert oh, no, or something. Not Swords, Fat Planet. Fat Planet. Fat yeah. Planet is the track, sorry. Swords is um, my favourite track on that album. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the, the Guinness ad, advert got a lot of press, didn't it? Mm-hmm. So it was, even though it wasn't it wasn't full of CGI when it kind of was, it had horses flying around in, in the sun. <laughs> um, but it was one which got it got mentions in the newspapers, and I don't know if there was an internet back then, but it was definitely a, a thing. People it, people talked about it, and that and that I believe personally was driven by the music as much as anything. Yeah, that, it's such an iconic piece of drumming, and like the 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 electronic like fat noises over the top of the drumming. Yeah, it just it's so iconic. If you play them to anyone that was paying attention to TV, yeah, in in that era. They'll, they'll go, oh, yeah, 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 I know that. Yeah. They won't, every, they won't be able to name left field a lot of them, but they'll know the, they'll know the track. Well, well you, you just started mentioning that you just started doing, and, then, yeah. and I, my brain <laughs> is suddenly, you know, it, it cuts back to he waits, that's what he does. And, yeah. you know, it's a Guinness advert. So, yeah, it's, it, it's quite a clever piece of advertising. Yeah, and, and that album. So I, having heard that track, I found out who it was because back in the day, ah, okay. it was harder to find out this stuff. You didn't yeah. just have... Um, uh, the app that you can play music at. I thought you. you I thought you were going to say Google, and I was like, "Come on, buddy." No, we had. We had <laughs> I don't know if we had Google. We had probably Ask Jeeves or or Alta Vista back then. God, yeah. Because Google didn't launch until two thousand one, something like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, actually, it's harder to find stuff anyway. It is. I. I just. Um, Shazam. I, Shazam was what I was thinking. Shazam. Of. We didn't have Shazam back then, so you can just wave a phone at the TV and find no, out it's what true. The, hey, when when we got our first computer at home. We had was it Windows ninety five installed on it? 
and Microsoft had God. put they they put two videos on it, and and you could play them. And I was like, holy shit, there's a music video, and <laughs> and they had Weezer um, and Buddy Holly as their oh. song called music video. And and Weezer had done a um, it was a, a parody on Happy Days, right? So yeah, yeah, I remember the video. In, and that was like a mind blowing thing for me. And it was like, look at technology. Like, this is, this, <laughs> we're seeing Weezer. In and now front. you can literally just fire up a laptop and go to YouTube and watch any music video that you want to. Incredible, isn't it? Um, it is. But anyway, back to um, Leftfield. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so having heard that and found out that it was this band called Leftfield, um, I went. Do you remember when you used to go to, like, whatever the. Like those record shops, the mainstream record shops? Woolworths? No, not Woolworths, but yeah, Woolworths. Um, HMV. Yeah, so like HMV and those kind of stores where you'd go and they'd have a listening post and they'd have like five albums and you could oh, select yeah. an album and then listen through to the album. You had to stand there in yeah. the store with the headphones on and listen to the album. So I remember going and doing that and they had uh, Rhythm and Stealth on one of those yeah. and I just listened to it. it. It blew my mind that all this electronic music was it was just so good. And, and I, I... So my parents don't really like electronica they don't like electronic <coughs> music i remember things coming on top of the pops when we were like yeah. mid-teens and my mum just tutting and you know oh it's, it's all just noise and yeah, yeah. we don't, don't understand this and i'm sure i'm probably the same about yeah you know some of the, some of the stuff that we hear nowadays but but back then i remember thinking i'm not so sure that i think this is just noise i i quite like this stuff but i didn't know enough about mm-hmm. it and then rhythm and stealth. I just sat, I literally, was mesmerized throughout the whole of this album, just listening to this electronic music. And then late on in the album, there's this track called Swords, which yep. is absolutely fantastic. It's it's sort of similar to Fat Planet, I guess, in terms of the the kind of feel of it. But yeah, just listening to that and just being blown away by the kind of sounds that you could get from electronic music that you just didn't get in in, in guitar band music. Yeah. This for me, so this is a massive blind spot. Um, my my friends were into the kind of Bristol trip hop scene, like the Massive Attack, Portis yep. Head yep. thing, and they, and they got it, and and I was off in my own little grungy punky pop world, and so Leftfield, they passed me by all the way, probably until university, and even then, I would do what I'd listened. To, do with all my other kind of guitar bands which is you'd, you'd play a track and I'd go there's there's no noise in that move on and it's only recently that I can now put a left field album on and go okay I, I get this and I, right. I know why I know why it's brilliant but I think again that's probably because you've had the influence of electronica leaking into indie yeah. and becoming more indie mainstream than yeah. it was 15 20 years ago yeah have you seen them I have. I actually went to see them. Leftism, the actual album, they they sort of missed the twentieth anniversary and did a twenty second anniversary tour of <laughs> right. Leftism. Now, Leftism as an album, I think, is maybe forty five minutes to an hour long. I can't remember the exact play yeah. play time for the album, but I went to see them at the Brixton Academy. It was two summers ago now. And they played the whole album, so they'd created this live experience of the album. So it was it was the album, it was the full album, but they'd extended bits of songs, and they had this incredible video light show going on with it. So they had yep. this video board up behind the band, and every song had its own 
design yeah. in the video thing, and and just the the pure light and sound of it all. It was not it's like easily ninety minutes an hour, a uh, uh, hundred minutes long for the, for the whole thing, and it yeah. didn't it didn't feel like it. And I think this is where I've I've started to well, I, I realised that in, I guess in my early twenties when I started seeing bands do the kind of the the, the light show. Like so, I saw the Chemical Brothers, and and they right. they did that very well. And yeah, they do insane you, live sessions. And, and you start to realise that they're not doing this just because some like lights guy has gone. I've got some spare time. I'm just going to put together something. There's there's a lot of work in in the actual the display that that happens behind the artists, and that feeds into the music and makes an experience that's um that's way more interesting than just you know listening to the song through a set well, of headphones. It elevates everything. It's it's part. It's an artistic experience. It's not just music. It's it's the whole rounded out audio visual thing. And with and with a guitar band, it's different, right? Because although a lot of guitar bands do use you know screens and, and imagery. The, there's an element of watching someone shred on a guitar yeah. is me- mesmerizing itself. Watching someone drum yeah. with huge levels of skill is mesmerizing in itself. But watching someone when they're putting together electronica stuff, often they're fiddling with laptops or they're just doing stuff with keyboards. That yeah. it, it's it's not quite as much of a visceral performance from the artist, even though they're doing really clever, beautiful musical and like stuff that I can never imagine being able to do live. But it's less engaging visually, and so yeah. a, a lot of the visual effects that you get with it that that's that's the way it pulls you into the music. Yeah, I think we saw. I think Doves did a great. Um, they do good stuff. Doves, yeah. Doves always have like interesting film clip stuff mm. in the background of their of their stuff, and I don't know whether it's taken from film clips. Like some of their stuff is a bit like nineteen forties information film yeah. type. Which actually, that's another band that we should talk about at some point. Is um, Public Service Broadcast? I was, yeah, I was going to say yeah. who who are the masters of doing stuff like that live? Yeah, um, I mean the, the the fact that I now know that Gene Kantz was the guy that was in control of the NASA um, yeah <laughs> operations. Like that's because of Public Service <laughs> Broadcasting. But there, but again, Public Service Broadcasting is another. They're sort of that midway between electronica and guitar band band that yeah. is. You know, interesting in terms of, of how that stuff has. You don't have such narrow genres anymore. I think things have leaked into each other. Yeah. Which I really like. How would you. So, a different question totally. How would you listen to Left Field? Would you. Oh. Is that, are they kind of just a, a walking down the street band, a, a motorway band, a, a sitting at home band when you've got nothing to do? I. I really enjoy Left Field. Uh, Leftism in particular is, is an album that really sucks me in. So. It's either something where I want to really just focus on enjoying the album, yeah. or it's it's an album. I I often use electronic music as a way to zone in when I really need to focus in on something, whether it's work or so. I do a lot of photo editing as like part, part one of one of my one of my serious hobbies is photography. So I do a lot of photo editing, and a lot of the electronic music that I have, and I get I guess because it's less lyric heavy. A lot of it, a lot yeah. of it's like there's lyricism in leftism but a lot of the tracks are mostly instrumental yeah and so i find it a really good way to focus in on particularly if you if you've got stuff like <laughs> release the pressure or or melt yeah those those are great tracks to just kind of like you can have them there and they're really engaging but they're engaging a part of your brain that's not 
the part of your brain that's doing the work. That's really interesting because I listen to music as a as an escape. So if I walk down the road and and I kind of think I I'm going somewhere and I want a soundtrack to my life. You know, you put on like oh, I absolutely do. So that. and you go okay, arcade fire, wake up, off you go, and you start mm-hmm. walking, and you're like, oh yeah, I feel like ten thousand foot high because I'm strolling along listening to this incredible band. But I often don't try this, and maybe that's something I should have a go at. Just just sticking a, a, a band like this on in the background, and particularly an album like Leftism or other ones that I can think of in particular are there's a band called Fuck Buttons. Who they're, a bit, th- they're a bit more a bit more noisy, aren't they? They well, their first album's very noisy, and then they get. It's quite it's quite an intense listening experience. Yeah. But again, it's it's almost like this freeing thing where that takes up the distracting yeah. part of your brain, and then you can focus with that like the bit of your brain that just needs to do the task. Yeah. Because we um so when when Leftfield released releasing their work, I remember um I guess is it same era kind of propeller heads so yep. that they um. I mean, they're kind of. I can't remember when they when they appeared, but they were still when I was at school. And yeah, it would have been ninety seven, ninety eight. And they were, and so they dropped into my acceptable electronica in that they were noisy and they right. just they're kind of the the spy break, like stealing some James Bond riffs yeah. and, and playing off that. And so were they on the Matrix soundtrack? Probably it's that kind of music. I'm sure, there's a particular track. There's the one with the bass riff. That I think is on there. I think that's spy break, or it's or take California. There are the massive right, yeah. Is. But but that just has the drive that left field don't. Left field are just a little bit more relaxed. Well, than, it's, tri- it's trip hoppy yeah. type music rather than necessary. Like what what you're talking about is that more kind of noise electronica. Yeah, and and I guess Tarot Sports probably the least noisy of Fuck Buttons albums. Um, they all, the one of the guys from Fuck Buttons has a a side project called Blank Mass, which is properly industrial electronic noise. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And I went, saw him at End of the Road a couple yeah. of years ago, and my sister went and laid down six feet from one of the speakers and had a nap. Really? Yeah. Uh, but it, again, it was that kind of, it's so intense, but so hypnotic in terms of the music that you could do that. Yeah. Uh, they were they were insane live and and I've seen fuck buttons and I've seen black mass and I've seen I've seen um, left field live yeah I think just the one time but it's a different experience to seeing a guitar band live and it's no less impressive watching someone create that from playing electronic instruments rather than guitars yeah well it's, it's and again back into that early 2000s era the whole the whole fat boy slim mm-hmm. revolution which kind of just took the mainstream i guess by storing away the storm by the way that there well, wasn't again, really... fat boy, boy slim is an interesting one because he's more samples than necessarily outright creating his own stuff mm. and and i guess electronica kind of falls across some of those genres because you will get people creating electronica and using samples and all that kind of stuff yeah um but yeah there's there's an element of I think there's always been a bit of a lazy stereotype of electronic music is for people who are just not that musically capable because you can just program keyboards and (laughs) you can program laptops and all that kind of stuff. But I still think it is just using tools as a means to an end. And and just because you are handy with a guitar doesn't necessarily mean that you could make electronic music if you were so inclined. Well, I I had... um, So on 
the the best album in the world ever. I think um, it was one of, another one of those remixes. I'm pretty sure there was a lemon jelly track on there, or maybe right. maybe the orb or something. And and it, it, it oh the orb and, and it found its way into this long little fluffy of, clouds. Probably was yeah. Love little fluffy clouds. And, and it had appeared in this massive uh, long list of fairly indie like bands, but it sat there and it was like it's a wonderful piece of music and suddenly you realise um, especially to my kind of narrow-minded indie self that actually there's there's a whole there's a whole load of creativity you can do with a computer that um, that, that does sound brilliant yeah absolutely and, and some of these bands particularly again I go back to Fuck Buttons and Blank Mass watching those guys create music live is, is insane because they've got these massive tables of different electronic things and they're just constantly bouncing around throwing new bits of sound in and all that kind of stuff it's it's amazing and anyway should come back to so left leftism as an album <clears throat> for me is a is another one that deserves to be listened to as an album it's not yeah i am one of those people that prefers complete works of art and sure. i know that nowadays people tend to listen to individual songs and you know, create play- playlists and all that kind of stuff. But leftism, I don't think there's a weak track on it. I yeah. can't think of a weak track on there. And and just yeah. all of it is so, it's again, it's pretty timeless. And I think obviously we're picking albums, particularly in the early parts of these, we're going to pick stuff that is, is classic and timeless because that's the stuff that stuck with us over yeah. the years. You wouldn't put left- leftism on shuffle. And just no. you, you'd kind of, you, it's not the kind of thing where you just let that bounce around. You, it's been set up like this for a pretty particular reason, and yeah, and it works as a as a full work of art, which is really interesting because left field, the the guys themselves don't don't necessarily think of that album as a cohesive piece of art. They actually really? claim that yeah, I, I I read an article around the time when I when I went to see that gig where they they feel that the album isn't cohesive and is too stylistically different across the different tracks, which which I don't personally see. I really love it as as a complete work of art by yeah. itself. Yeah, that's interesting because I um I quite like it for that. Mm-hmm. That's like the the difference. It doesn't all just sound like one big long song merged into lots of little well, parts. The, there's the thing about leftism that's really interesting is that you can hear the, the the tracks drop into each other very well yes so it's not it's not like a lot of albums where it's like here's a track pause here's another track pause and, and you can feel that those tracks work together as an album but it actually just merges into the next part of the music yeah. because because these guys are you know people that have have DJed have worked in that electronic yeah. world and so they feel that the music needs to continue throughout the album what's your best uh, did you have an annoying way of ending tracks so the thing that annoys me um, <clears throat> is uh, so there's the kind of the two things that annoy me there's like the 1960s fade it's like end that's your song one. don't fade a song just that's for DJs to do if you're a radio DJ yeah you can work out it. how to finish a song and finish a song don't fade out yeah <laughs> and then the second one is the song ending that one of my most favourite favourite artists ever in the world does all the time and it really gets my goat but right so Enya she's incredible and I love her music but Enya will finish a lot of her tracks with She'll be playing, and the, the the track will be in. I don't know, 
a key and it'll bounce along and do its thing and you're listening to this most beautiful piece of music and then you just go ooh and it'll stop and it's like don't just end with a really long note it's so yeah we, we probably won't cover Enya again I don't think we'll ever so I, I love Enya and I love her albums but don't fade songs like that or end, end tracks um, so left field I think do it properly they, they, yeah. they know what they're dealing with well it's it's designed as a full piece of work I guess and that's that's the thing which makes it hard to shuffle because you then have that weird jolt between one track and the next where you're expecting it to run into the next track and it doesn't yeah exactly yeah classic yeah no they're, they're amazing and, and definitely like I say them Massive Attack one or two others were like the big getting me into electronica in those early days where I was like I, I didn't know anything about it I didn't have friends who were into it so I couldn't just lean on someone to tell me what to listen to Sli- slightly off to one side again I remember walking into my um, common room at school Frim Community College massive mm. and um, and somebody had put Big Calm on by Morchiba oh, and, yeah. and I'd never listened to music like that and the whole album was that was sonically that blew my mind um, just, just how what what is this? Yeah, it's more people were great, um, and it was, and they kind of tampered with, they dropped into a little bit of trip hop every now and then, and then it was a bit more chill out, and then, um, but they were probably the ones for me out of all of the electronic music which who who I, I listened to the most just because maybe it's the melody that was a bit more pronounced than say Leftfield who are a little bit more serious mm-hmm. I guess, but they they did it for me. I'm sure we'll talk more Electronica because I've definitely got more Electronica albums. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be some Massive Attack. There'll be some Prodigy. Oh, uh, oh my goodness! We we almost need a couple of um, couple of podcasts on the Prodigy just because they. I think really... we'll probably end up with an extended podcast yeah. on the Prodigy. Yeah. Good anyway, let, let's leave it there for for that one for now. Uh, cheers for listening. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to. I might be wrong. A rather rambly podcast about music hosted by myself, Rich Newnham, and my co-host, Mr. Henry Salmon. 